0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <coughs> Last week we concluded the Baab, the chapter of Salat al-Khuf, the prayer of fear. This week and next week, bi idhnillahi taala, we're going to be looking at bab Salatil Jum'a or bab Salatil Jum'a, the chapter on al-Jum'a or al-Jum'a. Now, before we go into the proof of the legislation of Juma'a or Juma'a, well first and foremost that we do when we come to every single new chapter, every single new topic, we begin with what? Before we go into the Mashru'iyah, the proof of its legislation or the Hukum, is it wajib, is it mubah, is it haram, is it makrooh? What is the first thing we always begin with? With Every single mas'ala, every single topic. What do we always begin with? Barak Kalafik, The definition, ta'rif. Lugatan was stillahan. The anything we study we always begin with the uh, literal or the language, the meaning according to the language or istilah, according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this Bab Salat al Jumma'a or Salat al what is Al Jumma'a? They say Al Jumma'a, Summiat al Jumma'a, the Ichtima'a, and Nas Fiha. That Jum'a is called Al Jumma'a because of the people they gather on this particular day. And he came with two different Lurah. there's two different ways to say yeah they say Jumu'ah or Jum'ah. So Jumu'ah literally means the gathering or congregation of a people and it's called that because the people they gather or they congregate on this particular day of Jumu'ah or Jum'ah. And jumuah al-Afi in a Muslim country, the origin should be, that Jumu'ah is prayed in one particular masjid only. Only in one masjid, in a town or in a village. However, if the Wali Al-Amr, the leader of the Muslims, sees a need for another masjid to be built for Jumu'ah, he allows that to happen. Or any other person who represents the leader of the Muslims, such as like an Islamic body, the Uqaf, the Ministry of Religion, for example, that if one masjid is not enough to cater for everybody to pray Jumu'ah, they could open another masjid. And that's why it's called Juma'a because the people gather on that day. So all the different masajid, if one masjid is enough, they will all come together on Friday and pray in one masjid. And up to this day, you find in many Muslim countries that there's certain masajids, certain mosques, that they pray the five-daily prayer. But when it comes to Jum'a, they don't do juma'a. They go to a particular masjid. So they said it's called a and nasfi because the people gather on that particular day. They said it's called Juma'a l-Ijtima'ah. Al-Ayat al فِيهَا al They said it's called a Juma'a because the gathering of great universal creations they took place on this Yom mu خُلِقَ آدَم Adam, our father Adam was created, Yomu Juma'a. Likewise, Jannah was created on Yom Juma'a. Likewise the hellfire, Yom mu And he said, Yom mu likewise will be when? Yomul Juma'a. So this is why it's called Al-Juma'a. So Juma'a literally means the gathering or a congregation. Now what is the dalil mashru'iyyah of Al-Juma'a? The dalil of the legislation of Juma'a or the hukum of Juma'a? The delil is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal amanu, O you believe. And Abdullah ibn Abbas, or Aflan, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu an he said, إِذَا سَمِعْتَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ يَقُولِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُونَ Whenever you hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, Oh, you will believe. فَأَرْعِيهَا سَمْعَكَ Lend your ear to the ayah. Why? إِمَّ أَمْرٌ يُؤْمَرُ بِهِ أَوْ نَهْيٌ يُنْهَا عَنُهُ It's either an order Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering you with or prohibition Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prohibiting you from. So this ayah, Allah Ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu. Oh you believe. And Ibn Uthaymiyyah Rahimahullah ta'ala said, these ayat, ya ayyuhaladina amanu, the sign of Iman. Sign of Iman, how? If you do what Allah Ta'ala orders you to do, it's a sign of Iman. If you stay away from the prohibitions, the nahi is a sign of Iman. So what is Allah Ta'ala ordering us with this ayah? What is he prohibiting us from in this ayah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu." Oh you believe. إِذَا نُودِيَ لِسْصَلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ جُمَعَةِ فَسْعَوْا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْءِ Oh you believe when the call is made to salah يَوْمُ جُمَعَةِ فَسْعَا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Rush and hasten to remember to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَذَرُوا الْبَيْءِ And leave off trading and business and working So the delil that Juma'a is wajib is in this ayah The imperative order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَسْعَوْ that Allah Ta'ala orders you to hasten and rush. وصعي, and to rush or to hasten to something is not ordered except for what? That which is obligatory. Then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala also said, البيع, Leave off trading. What is the ruling of trading or business or working in Islam? Mubah is permissible. But the order to leave off something which is hala, which is mubah, could never ever come except in doing a what? In fulfilling an obligation. So the fa Allah Ta'ala to told you to leave off something which is halal it means that which is ordering you with is what wajib it's obligatory also from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said man taraka thalath al whoever leaves off 3 juma'ah 3 juma'at taba Allah ala qalbi Allah puts a seal on his heart in another hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said it's either people will stay away from leaving off juma'ah Allah will put a seal on their hearts And they become from the ghafileen Those when the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recite upon them They say asatirul These are just story, fairy tales But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? They have a seal upon their hearts Also from the ijma' of the scholars Is that the Juma'a, the juma'ah is a wajib an obligation so the Mu'allif rahimahallahu ta'ala, he began by saying, وَتَجُوُوا صَلَاتُ Da أو أَفْوَنَ كُلُّ مَن لَزِمَتْهُ الْمَكْتُوبَ لَزِمَتْهُ juma'a. Every single person that's obligatory upon him to pray the jama'ah, the jama'ah is obligatory upon him. إِنْ كَانَ مُسْتَوْتِنًا بِبِنَا If he's living in a solid structure, not a temporary structure, if you're living in a solid structure, Permanent structure Jumu'ah is obligatory upon you. Therefore people that live in tents or huts or temporary structures, according to this, the Jumu'ah is not obligatory upon them. However, al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said if they have the same ruling as those who are living in a permanent structure, meaning they chose to live like this. There's people that live permanently in a tent, that's their life. If that is their ruling that they settled in that way and that's their custom, juma'a is also what? Obligatory upon them. But normally people that are in a tent or in a caravan or these mobile homes, juma'a is not obligatory upon them because they don't live in a what? In a permanent structure. And he says, it's also obligatory upon a person that between him and the masjid is farsah. Is a distance of farsah. Now this is a test or revision of what we studied before in Baab Salat al-Musafir. What is Farsakh? What is the measurement of Farsakh? One Farsakh is equal to how many kilometers or how many miles? Because we studied in Baab Salat al-Musafir that the Musafir, that the amount of distance, Aqallu al masafah sixteen Farsakh. That the least distance is 16 Farsakh. So what is one farsakh? In miles or in kilometers? Because he's saying here, the person with, between him and the masjid is one farsakh, he has to pray Juma'ah. Farsakh equals two, three miles. jayid, and roughly five kilometers. Now this point is made here, is Muldiq al The scholars, they have a different opinion upon this. Because the ijma' The consensus is nida. Whoever hears the call for jama'ah The congregational prayer or the Juma'a, The salah is obligatory upon him This is a consensus Juma'a or the normal congregational prayer However, for Juma'a, The scholars say this is the difference Between salah to juma'ah And the normal salah That not only if you heard the nida, You have to go for Juma'a. If between you and the place the juma'ah is being prayed Is 5 kilometers or 3 miles You have to go and there's many ahadith. However, all, all these ahadith, they're da'eefah, they're weak. So the other scholars say, no, if you don't hear the call, you do not go. Because the Prophet, ﷺ, when the blind man came to him, he said to him, Atasma'um nida? can you hear the call to prayer? He said, Na'am. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, The Prophet did mention distance. However, the scholars that mention distance they bring the code of sahaba. Abdullah ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and Umar bin Khattab radiallahu An that they say if there's a distance of only 3 miles or 5 kilometers you have to go for Juma'a Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anh, used to say fal alayhi Whoever there's only a distance of 3 miles or 5 kilometers between him and the masjid has to go for Juma'a So now how do we answer the hadith in which the Prophet asked the old man, or the blind man, I'm sorry, do you hear the call? They say this is specific for those who are in the outskirts of a town or a village, meaning it's in the desert. It goes to the desert, for example. Here in Qatar, you go to the desert. And between you, where you are in the desert, or the nearest town, or the nearest village, is what? Five kilometers. You don't have to go. Because you're in the desert. But the people in the town, in the cities, in the villages where there's mosques and buildings, if there's only between them and the masjid five kilometers, they have to go. They have to go. Otherwise, for those who live in the west or non-Muslim countries, for example, most places, the masjid is more than five kilometers in both cases, or more than three miles. That means the obligation of juma will be dropped for many people. So they say if he has the ability to go, even if it's five kilometers, three miles, Juma'a, to go for Juma'a is wajib. And this is the most authentic opinion, that if there's only three miles or five kilometers, Juma'a is wajib. And of course, if he had a call to Juma'a. Alhamdulillah, here we had a call to Juma'a. Juma'a is obligatory upon whoever between him and the masjid is only five kilometers, or he hears the call. And then he said, وَالْعَبْدُ وَالْمُسَافِرُ وَالْمَعْذُودُ بِالْمَرَضُ Except also for the woman, or the slave, or the one that's traveling, or the one that has an excuse of sickness, or matar or rain, or khawf. Now where is the proof for all of these things? Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ which said, الْجُمْعَةَ حَقٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ Jum'a is an obligation upon every single Muslim. He said, إِلَّا except for al-mamluk, except for the slave so the slave doesn't have to pray Juma'ah according to some scholars some scholars said he has to pray if his owner or his master allows him to pray it's a wajib if his owner or master prohibits him the sin goes on the owner or the master then the prophet sallallahu said "Well, and the woman the same way she doesn't have to pray Juma'ah she doesn't have to go for Juma'ah however she goes for Juma'ah and prays the Juma'ah which is Surah it suffices her. Whereas she prayed in her house, and she's a resident, she'll pray. Four. mara was wa-Sabi. And a young child. And likewise, Al-Mar'a, the one that's sick. How many things have we mentioned here? How many? Four. How many things did the author mention? Six. Or seven. He mentioned another three. And who were they? This, show, this test of your attention, inshallah. InshaAllah. He said, Musafir, the one that's traveling doesn't have to pray Juma'ah. Where's the evidence of this? There's no hadith which is sahih, which is authentic, that the one that's traveling doesn't have to pray Jum'a. However, the one that is traveling doesn't have to pray Juma'ah based on the sunnah. Now, bear in mind, I mentioned there's no hadith that the Prophet sallallahu has mentioned that the one that is traveling doesn't have to pray Juma'ah. There's no hadith in which the Prophet mentioned this. But I'm also saying at the same time, the one who's traveling doesn't have to pray Juma'ah based on the Sunnah. Is there a contradiction in these two statements? Why? Why is there no contradiction? I'm saying there's no hadith. The Prophet didn't say in any hadith that the one that's traveling doesn't have to pray Juma'ah. But at the same time, I'm saying in the same breath, but the Sunnah proves he doesn't have to pray. Why? Because fi huh? Because the sunnah Are the statements of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The actions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the approvals Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So when we look at the actions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam It was in Arafah And in Arafah At that time they said it was a hundred thousand people So this is more than enough number for Juma'ah Yet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He didn't pray Juma'ah what about Al-Matar when it's raining? What is the proof that you don't have to pray Juma'ah when it's raining? Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala When it rains, he used to order the mu'adzin to say Sallu fi rihalikum Sallu fi Pray in your houses Pray in your houses, pray in your houses When it rains However, like we mentioned Concerning the ones that have to join their salah the rain that is spoken about here that is intended here is not normal rain like a drizzle not a normal drizzle that today is drizzling The says, secondly even if it's heavy rain if it doesn't disrupt normal life because in some parts of the world they have monsoon season it rains almost the whole year but things carry on as normal people still go out cars on the road people are still trading because of the drainage system or they're just used to it but the rain that disrupts normal life, that becomes extremely dangerous or muddy, your clothes get dirty, you don't have to go for what? Al-Jumu'ah, for the Jumu'ah, As-Salaah. So he said, it's not obligatory upon the slave, the traveler, the one with excuse of illness or al-khawf, the, of fear. However, if they intend or they decide to attend the Jumu'ah, it suffices them, even though they don't have to go. It suffices them to pray the two, Raka'a. Then he went on to say, bihim, however, bihim. However, the congregation is not completed by their number. What does this mean? It means these people, that Jum'a is not obligatory upon them. If they pray the Jum'a, they do not complete the congregation. What the ma'alif, the author means is, there's a specific number for Jumu'ah to be completed. And the Mu'allif or the author is a Hanbali, Hanbali school of thought. And his opinion or the school of thought of Hanbali, there has to be at least 40 people. And likewise the Shafi'i, meaning, if we have four from this category, meaning we have two travelers, for example, and a woman and a slave, four of them. And the total number of people is 40. That means minus four, imams. 36 That Juma'a according to the school of thought cannot be completed. Why because these people the Juma'a They don't make up the congregation. They'll get the role of Juma'a, but they don't make up the congregation Some of the other ulama, They say no the least number for Juma'a is 50 however these figures 40 50 50 sorry, there's no evidence for 50 40 there is A hadith in which a sahabi was asked, how many of you were there when you prayed with the Prophet ﷺ? And he said, arba'in." That day was 40. However, even though he mentioned 40, there's no specific, yani, explicit evidence that the Prophet ﷺ ordered that to be 40. مُوكِنْ ittifaq, It could happen coincidentally. So other scholars say, therefore, it's not 40. They say, it's actually 12. Where's the evidence of 12? The evidence of 12 is in the same ayah. Jair. And what's was the continuation of the ayah? Ya yes, Salman. You memorize this surah? Jum'a. And this surah is called Juma'ah. That shows also the excellence of Juma'ah. There is no day of the week that's mentioned in the Quran with praise except for what? Juma'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the same ayah. That When they see a trade coming in Or some kind of other activity Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said They leave you, Muhammad standing They leave you, standing The reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah Is that once the Prophet sallallahu was a member. And it was given the khutbah, khutbah to Juma'a. And the trade came in from Hashem from Syria. And when the people saw the trade coming in, the caravans coming in, they left. And they left the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the minbar. And the only people that remained, their numbers was only 12. So based on the fact that only 12 people remained, they said the least number, because the Prophet Sallallahu is 12. But is this an evidence also? No because 15 may have remained if they wanted to 12 might have remained 4 so this did not happen on purpose they didn't ask for 12 to remain but it happened coincidentally that only 12 they remained so based on this they say there's no specific number for Juma'ah except because it's called Juma'ah and it's Ichtimaah, that's why we always go back to the what? the definition there can't be one person so some of those callers say two people for Juma'ah two people for Juma'ah can we accept this? Two people for Jumu'ah. Let's go back to the ayah. nudi min Jumu'ati fasau. Based on this ayah, fasau ila ذكر الله و ذر Can we accept two people for Jumu'ah? Whoever answers this question, inshallah ta'ala, will be answered, Sheikh Bilal. Lahujah is a has a present and. This is related to the Arabic language. I think we've got some Arab brothers amongst us today, inshallah. This is related to the Arabic language. Whoever answers, فَلَهُ Because, and this shows subhanallah, the depth of the Arabic language. How beautiful it is and how deep it is. And how it should be obligatory upon all of us to learn, not to necessarily speak Arabic, because you could learn that in a year or two. The colloquial, ishlawunak, yani, mishhalak, zayyak, You could learn all that colloquial thing in one month. But the proper fusha, Arabic, the i'raab of the Qur'an, the sarf, it shows the importance of it. Because you have many parts of the world today, like India and Africa, where people don't necessarily speak Arabic, but they understand maqasid al because they understand the language. There's no way if you don't understand i'raab, Arabic grammar, sarf, you're going to understand the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it's built upon that. Because these little changes in fatḥa kasra dhamma it makes a big difference. For example, the saying of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wa ibtala Ibrahima Rabbuhu. If you read this, wa ibtala it changes the meaning. It means when Ibrahim tested his Lord because of the fatḥa dhamma. But if you say Ibrahima, it means Ibrahim, Mada. is the object, and the subject is who or the doer, the action is who Rabbuhu. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jayid? You understand that? In English, I could not say, Muhammad hit Ahmed. Can I say that? If Muhammad hit Ahmed, I could say that, right? But I could not put it the other way around. I could not say, Ahmed hit Muhammad. But in Arabic, you could do that. In Arabic, you could say, Daraba Muhammadu Ahmada you could say, Muhammadah Ahmedu. By the Fathah Dhamma, you know who hit who. Even if you put this name first, that name last. So by me saying Muhammad first and say Muhammad, it means Muhammad was hit by Ahmed. So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fas'aw. And this is a test of Arabic now. Fas'aw. Where is the dalil in Fas'aw wa dharu. That you could not have only two people for Juma'ah. Linguistically. It's more than two. fiik. wa al-Jama'ah. You see this wow here with the alif, wow al-Jama'ah. Because in Arabic, Arabic they have plurals, unlike English. Two, two boys. But in Arabic they have dual. You don't say two boys in Arabic. Waladan. And if it's more than... Three and above, أولاد or أولاد. So here, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said فسعوا. If it was two, it would not be فسعوا. What would it be, فسعا? But Allah Taala said Rosh, meaning three or more. So أقل لعدد, the least number for Juma'a Therefore, is how many three people for Juma'a. جيد. So the Mu'allif رحم الله ta'ala will conclude here ibn الله. He went on to say. As for those who are excused from Jumu'ah, meaning it's not obligatory upon them, such as who? The one was ill or the rain. Even if they're little in number, the Jamaah could be completed according to his madh'ab by them. shuru And from the conditions of its correctness of Jumu'ah is to pray it in its time or at its time. And what's the time of Jumu'ah? The same time as? al Dhuhr. And the reason he mentions this is, there's some that say Salatul Jumu'ah, it's a rare opinion, is the same time of Salatul Eid. The same time you pray al Eid, you pray Salatul Jumu'ah. Jayyid. And some other scholars say, no, it's the same time as Al-Dhuhr. However, the khutbah could be given before the time of Al-Dhuhr. But the Salat itself has to be prayed at when? The time of Al-Dhuhr. Ba'd al And then want to say, wa-fi قَرْيَةً It has to be prayed in a Qarya. What is a qariya? Today is a test of languages. And you should know this, Qarya. You go to Pakistan, you go to India, you go to Bangladesh, you go to Syria. Even in the madrasa, children, three, four years old, they learn these things. The same way our children are learning A, B, C, D. First time uh, I went to Kenya, there's a kid, I never forget this kid. Everything you learn in Swahili or learn in Arabic. That's how they teach them there. You know. So one of the first things I learned was uh, Okuta. Okuta means a wall. So you say Okuta, jidran like that. They will learn it like that. Jayid. So, Qaria is a word that comes many times in the Quran. What does the word Qaria mean? Huh? Village. Literally, they use Qaria to mean a village. So, he's saying here he has to be prayed in where? Qaria. He has to be prayed in a village, if we take it literally. And this shows us the importance also of learning the Arabic language that sometimes terminologies such as villages and terms and towns and cities they use what? Synonymously. And the evidence of that is Surah Yaseen. Surah Yaseen, that Allah Ta'ala used Qarya and Medina interchangeably. What does Allah Ta'ala say in Surah Yaseen? وَسْأَلْ أَصْحَابَ الْقَرْيَةِ Ask the people of the what? The village. And in the same surah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, وَجَاءَ رَجُلْ Min Aqsal Madina." That a man came from the furthest part of where the city. So a city could refer to as a village, and a village could refer to as a what? City. And Makkah was one of the names of Makkah. Ummul Qura. the mother of all. If you take it literally, villages, but Makkah is a city. So city Qurayeh means city or town. It has to be prayed in a city or town. I Meaning if you're in the desert somewhere, in the wild, in the desert. You cannot pray Jumu'ah, so you have to pray in a city or a town or a village. Some of the ulama they say, coria or village or town or city must be a Muslim town. That Jumu'ah cannot be prayed in any town or city or village which is a non-Muslim village. This is the opinion of some of the scholars is not the most authentic opinion, but it is a valid opinion, you know. But the most authentic opinion, even in a non-Muslim village, a non-Muslim town. It is permissible to pray Jum'a, And it has to be attended by people who are resident. And they say, Arba'un, they should be 40. Jayid, we've already mentioned that the number doesn't have to be what? 40. Now it goes into the Shurud or the Salah itself, the khutbatan, fi kulli khutbah. Hamid Allah ta'ala, wa Salah ala Rasulihi, wa qira'a ayah, wal Now these conditions of the khutbah itself and the Salah itself, we'll go into them next week, insha'Allah. Any questions concerning Salat Jum'ah?